this message tonight, I think that it kind of goes along with that. One in the favor of God. You can be seated. One in the favor of God. And walking in it, knowing him, and wondering if he ever is going to come through. If you notice anything on my jacket, it's a drill. It's not a drill for me. It's a drill from him. <clears throat> I didn't know he'd done that. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk to you about favor tonight. And uh, have, Has anybody ever prayed for favor? Yeah. How many of y'all pray for it regularly? Anybody pray for it regularly? Yeah. Or like some favor in this? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, it's just something that is attainable. Favor. When I think of favor, it's, it's not always an uh, easy thing to talk about because you always wonder where it kind of comes in, when it, when it drops off. But, but in all of our lives, most of us really probably can see different uh, Forms of favor and favor that's happened in our life from different times. I look back in my life and see the faithfulness of God, man, just, man, just huge in my life in times in the back. But when you think of favor, <clears throat> who can give me, for instance, a favor working in your life? Okay, I'll give you one. Uh, when I was, anytime I'm doing something, if I'm having problems with doing it, and instead of getting mad, throwing it across the yard like I did the weed eater or, or Whatever I'm going off on the about, there's a there's a time that I look at that I'll go to the Lord and I say, okay, Lord, I need favor in fixing this. I need favor in how to do this and put this together. Whatever it is, maybe it's working on the dismord of the day, uh, needed blades and things, or whatever it is. But always when I go to Him and stop and stop trying to do everything on my own, I always go to Him. Well, when I do go to Him. He always seems to direct me, and, and I have near as many problems with it as I did my regular uh, self. So let me stop here. I was at a dollar store before I came to church. I was out of notepads and, and, um, and I got a few little snacks. But, uh, but uh, I was walking in there and, um, and the lady came back in. She dropped her debit card and it was Peggy Musgrave. And I said, oh my goodness, I can't believe you noticed that and where it was laying. It was the same color as the, as the mat they have outside. It was about the color of this. And, and it looked just, I don't know how she picked it out, but she did. And she said, you know what's funny? And when she said this, I knew there was something in it. She said, yesterday, Mike was out on the farm doing whatever, and he had lost his cell phone. It's a little flip-flop. How many of y'all know what a flip-top phone is? Flip-top, flip-top. You don't have those anymore, hardly, but it was really a flip phone. And he had dropped it somewhere out over the 80 acres, and he didn't know where. So she began to talk. They were riding around, went back out on the uh, ranger, looking for it and things, and and she said it was like a needle haystack where they found it. They couldn't have found it anyway. But she was driving, and she's kind of uh, vertically challenged. Her legs are short, and she can barely hit the gas. Her kept, foot kept coming off of it. And finally, I said, just stop. Let me get over and drive. Maybe I'll look down the creek. And he walked around the front of the vehicle and landed right there beside the front tire was his phone. Now, those are little things that you may take for granted, but I, there is no way... They would have stopped at that spot and would have thought at that place 
Never. It never would have happened. But there's ways that God ordains things if we just give him a chance. And how many of us have opportunities after opportunities? We always look for the negative side of things. And we never look and anticipate the positive. And I'll, let me stop here. One of the reasons we never, under, never ever step into favor is that we never ever walk in obedience. And if you are not walking in obedience, you will never walk in that favor in your life. Okay, I'm gonna say that again. If you are never walking in obedience, if you don't do things the way you're supposed to and, and willingly do them, you will never walk in favor with God. Do I need to say it the third time? Because without obedience, there is no favor. There is no favor upon you. I, I spoke a message several years ago. When you, have, you have two kids and one is close to you and joins yourself to you and, and in your life. You, it's so easy to give to that one and bless that one and find favor with that child. But when you have one who won't do anything with you, wants nothing to do with you, and always has a, animosity or whatever the problem is, there is no way to walk in favor with that one. Because it would not matter what you've done. It's the same way with God and us. He cannot walk with those who will not walk in favor with him. It's, it's that easy. This one is possible. This one is not. So is it possible for this other child to be able to walk in right favor with, with, with man, with, his, with maybe his parents, or with his boss? Sure it is. When they learn to submit and, and do things according to the way that it should be done, it can bring them into a proper relationship. I've got another example I'm going to tell you about a story. I've told it before, but uh, I told the story this uh, last Wednesday night about um, shake proof, about your faith, and, and et cetera. But <clears throat> I shared a story about my mom and what she went through after my dad was killed and etc. and all that she had to do. But I want to tell you a little story before we got to that place. When the guy who murdered my father went up to the next town, up to where we lived actually, and he robbed a guy in a gas station there. He was going back down Highway 25 and it's up in this area. Uh, there was, man, there's mountains and hollers and creeks and stuff. You could have thrown a gun anywhere. But he waited until he got on top of a hill. It's called a uh, uh, it doesn't matter what it's called. Wildcat Battle, Wildcat Mountain is a Civil War place. But he started down the other side, and, he, and it snowed that night, and he pitched a gun out the window. Now, unbeknownst to him, it hit the ground and skidded all the way to it went over. And the, around where I'm from, when they have culverts, this culvert may go down 200 feet down the bottom of a big, a big ravine. And there was a big culvert there, and it slid. Part of the barrel was over top of the hole. If it would have went another two inches, it would have went right on down, and they would have never found the weapon. Now, that may not, that may not sound very um, whatever, but it was exactly, that was the favor of God tying him to all of the places he had robbed. Now, was he walking in obedience? No, he wasn't. Was my mother? Yes, she was. I think him, that being found of him, that gun over in a, place where there was ice and snow, it could have slid on over and it didn't, but the cops found that gun laying right there on the side of the road. It could have went down to a, a, an irrecoverable place. Now, here's my point. Many times in our lives when we don't think that God has given us favor, we have. He has given us favor and he's given us direction. He's given us uh, many times in our lives when we didn't think that it was possible that he would. I want to go to... Uh, I want to talk to, uh, go to Luke chapter 5 and verse 5. Chapter 5, verse 1. Man, I've been, have you ever been fishing? How many of you guys have ever been fishing in four and you just pray, Lord, let me catch some fish? Man, I like to catch some fish. And do y'all think that that's uh, important to God? 
It is, if he can make a point in it. It was very important in this, in this situation. Uh, I'll be honest with you, every time I go hunting or something, I like to find favor. I don't find it, but I like to go. I like to, I like to have a favor, but I don't have these big deer and, and all these fish ever come to me. Usually when I go fishing with the church and we go down and go fishing, I expect uh, three or four fish. That's about what I expect, and it's about what I get. But there's something about finding favor when God knows what we have need of, he has a tendency to come through in a variety of ways. But Luke chapter 5, and it came to pass when the people were pressed, into, in, pressed upon him to hear the word of the God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were out of them and washing their nets. And he entered into the, one of the ships, which was called Simon's. Do you think it was by accident he got into Simon's boat? It was, it was divine. He didn't have to get in the boats. He could have stood on the shore anyway, but he seen two boats in there, and the one that he got up into was in the boat of Simon. And it set a whole series of events into effect from all the way to him, Jesus washing his feet and him saying, Don't not, you'll not wash my feet. And he said, oh, I will. This is the beginning. And many of you are in your beginning stages of following the Lord. But if you are not walking according to what you should be walking, he cannot give you favor. Let's go ahead and read on. And into, entered into that one, uh, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would launch out from the land a little. And he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. And when he left, this, left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep to let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and nothing, taking nothing, nevertheless, at thy word, I will, I will let down the net. And I want to stop here a minute. There is nothing that you've been out, there is nothing like when you've been out fishing all night, all night, and you got your rod and reel packed up, and your, your hooks are fixed, and your lines are done, your rod and reels, and you're ready to go. Somebody says, just cast it one more time. There ain't no fish here. Or they're on, a, they're on vacation, something's going on, there's no fish. But, but I want you to see what took place. There was something in, in Jesus' voice or in Simon's head or something. But he said unto, well, let me just read it. <clears throat> exactly. Um, Siri. And Simon answering, Master, we have toiled all night, nothing, taken nothing, nevertheless at thy word. And mine has that under, underlined. I will, let my, I will cast out the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed such a multitude of fish that the, the net break. And they beckoned their partners from the other ship that they should come and help them. And they, come and they, they came and they filled both ships. So they began to sink. <clears throat> In faith, they let down their nets and caught their, until their nets almost broke. And did they really need Jesus? Did, did Jesus really need Peter's boat? And why couldn't he got the other one? Or did he really have to? But he had an ulterior motive for why he was going out to do great things. And let me ask you: If you'd worked all night, do you think you'd been in a good mood if you'd been Peter and you'd been a professional fisherman? And you never caught a fish. I guarantee you, Peter was pretty exhausted on his efforts. And I don't know about you, but when I get in fishing like that, I don't want to go back out. 
Anybody here? Even Jason Sanders. I don't think you would. Even Tyson. I don't believe you would. He said, Daddy, he probably said, Dad, if you want to go back out and fish and cast the net, go ahead, but I'm not going back out. But he was frustrated. And did you know that many times it's our frustration, it's right at the brink of God coming through with a great miracle. Many times, you and sitting in here in this place, you have trusted God, but you're beginning to doubt and you're beginning to wonder about if things are going to come your way or things are going to turn around, but they are if you'll just hang on. How many people uh, in business, many years ago, I found some statistics that business owners in the first year that so many of them uh, went under because they didn't endure. As soon as it gets uncomfortable, we want to quit and go the opposite way. We will never receive God's favor if we don't get past the uncomfortable stage. I don't care what you've done in life. If you've ever been successful, it's after you've been through the hard times. Hello. It's after you've been through the uncomfortable times that you finally begin to walk into that favor. I want you to go to the book of John, chapter 21. Let me give an example of somebody who gets frustrated. Has anybody in here ever been frog gigging? Well, frog gigging takes an act of uh, specifics. You know, you gotta, you gotta be, keep it in their eye, keep it in their eye, and you gotta be real close, and then you gotta, you gotta kill them before they know what hits them or whatever, I don't know the details of it. But you can't just go splashing through the water and expect them to kill them, Atlanta. Uh, when you, she went frog gigging last night, they got one a frog. Now, if she had somebody experience, she might have had maybe 10. Now, I think she could see them, but getting to them was a different story. And that's, okay, who cares? But, <clears throat> oh boy, that was terrible. Okay. And, and John 21, <clears throat> verse 4. Now, I want to remind you in this passage, this is after the crucifixion. It's after Jesus is taken and, and, and he's about to ascend back to heaven, but he isn't yet. It's really close. It's after the crucifixion, after the disciples have been discouraged and after they've all split and went their own way. And instantly, after Jesus, uh, in his transition, instead of staying where they should have stayed, they went back to fishing. Chapter 21 and verse 4. When the morning was come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that he was Jesus. And he said unto him, Children, have you any meal, any meat? And they answered him, No. And he said to them, Come, cast your net on the right side of the ship, and you will find. They cast their four and were not able to draw out from the multitude of fishes. Now, what do you think that, and I've preached about this before, but what do you think Peter's mind did? What do you think John's mind went? If we've been there before, how many times have we just proved God and we know, we finally get in a situation and we prove him that we know who he is? And in verse 7 it says, And therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved, because John wrote in the third person, said unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now Simon Peter, when he heard that it was the Lord, he girded his coat unto him, for he was naked, and he did cast himself into the sea. I don't know, I think that'd be pretty exciting. I think I'd be pretty excited if I'm this high off the ground and I'm out there naked, not totally, hopefully, but I was out there naked. If they said Jesus is on the shore, I'm going back, especially after I denied him and after doing so many things to hurt him. 
And as soon as the men came to the land, they, were, they saw coals there, and there were fish thereon and bread. And Jesus said, bring the fish which you have now caught. And Simon Peter went up and drew the net, full net to the land, full of great fish, 153. For all were there, for there were, for there were all so many, and yet, did not, and yet not the net break. And Jesus said unto him, come and dine. I think the greatest favor in his life when they had been out and they went back to their old ways and they went and done what they wanted to do, God was making a point, I'm still in your life. I still want to bring, I want to bring prosperity to you. I want to bring answers to you. Make any sense? As I was putting this together, I was getting excited. I knew I wanted to speak about the favor of God. And you may think that you're, you're without favor and that you couldn't ever do anything with um, maybe other people. It comes freely to, but you, it's just different. And I began to think, well, what can I say to each of us, some of us who never feel God's favor? So you spread such a practical thing as Peter. And you may be thinking, yeah, but it's Peter. How many of you denied the Lord? How many of you have went your own way and done your own thing and pursued your own ways after, after he supposedly had been there and left. But I think we can all can relate to this because at this time, now he's finally, finally getting to his heart where he was supposed to be. Remember of all this happened before, he even prepared food to give them and he said, come and dine. But after obedience, stay with me, after obedience, did they receive? And friend, if you don't ever walk in obedience, I've been speaking about that a lot lately, and I don't know why, but, but there's something about obedience that brings you into right standing with God. What does obedience do? It brings you an understanding that, that you know that he knows what he's talking about. If he says you're giving him uh, the benefit of the doubt, I guess you would say, but when you walk in obedience, you actually can receive. They actually got the fish, which they were pursuing. And the, the second, the last thing, most, most of the time we overlook was the 153 fish. What did they do with 153 fish? They sold them. Not only did their faith get butt up, but they also had economy in their, in their wallet because of, God, because of Jesus. And they sold the 153 fish at the market, and they received that as well. Okay. But let me ask you then, my second point is, then who does God value? Who does God find value in? But, but you know that if he finds value in you, he's going to cause you to prosper. He wants you to, to find favor. He wants you to have direction. He wants you to have understanding. So who in here does God, does God value? The popular, the powerful, a certain family, the right name, the right race, the right sex. You know, when you get in other places, and when we were in Niagara Falls a few weeks ago, there's, white people was the minority, but when you think about, I was thinking about all the people that, those people wake up the same way I do. Does God look at them the same way he looks at me? Often what we think, because we're such a small community, that God wants to bless, or God brings direction, or brought, God gives uh, understanding to us, but then all the other people who are always out there talking in gibberish, you know, the Hindus, oh, I'm going to stop. Um, really, does anyone deserve the value? Is anyone who gives him the, what he deserves? They're unashamed 
willing to go, be what he desires. Go to Genesis chapter 6. We're going to go back in time and we're going to do a little bit of Sunday school work here. But Verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Everything around Noah was evil. Everything that was around him was bitter. Everything that was around him was junk and chaotic. And regardless of where you are, and I want everybody to listen, I don't care, I don't care how, what kind of chaos is in your life and what kind of things go wrong or what kind of things are going right, it doesn't mean that you cannot find grace in his, in his eyes. And it was because of that that God began to, that God began to do greater things. Everyone else was evil. The times were very dark, but he still found favor. When everything else falls short, he stood alone, for there is favor on standing for righteousness. He stood alone. Hmm. Go to Micah, if you will. I'll tell you in a few minutes where I have to go to there. Have you ever wanted to quit? Have you ever wanted to quit? Yeah. I'm, my wife and I are the only ones that ever wanted to. But why did we want to quit? Doesn't mean that you want to turn your back on God, but you just want to quit doing what you're doing. Everybody, keep your attention here for just a second. We all have uh, things in dark times and things that we want to get discouraged when we feel like quitting. Quit, feel like quitting. But there was a guy by the name of Billy Graham. Have you ever heard of him? You can never, I'm going to tell you this. People who quit will never have the favor of God. They can't because they're always inconsistent in their giving. They're always inconsistent in their living. They're always inconsistent in, how they, in everything that they do. <clears throat> Don't quit because... Uh, not giving in to the urge to stop. Billy Graham, the first time sermon he ever preached. Anybody ever hear that one? First sermon he ever preached? He's kind of like me now. I prepare a sermon that lasts 15 minutes. I'm really trying to make it last 25 and, and, and 25. Okay. But he was first time he ever preached, he prepared four different messages. And each of them were 10 minutes long. And he got to preach them. And he preached all four of them in 10 minutes. And this is actually true. But he got discouraged because it didn't come out like he thought or, or he anticipated. And many times uh, things didn't go the way they wanted or the way they thought they would. And knowing here there's some people tonight that there's things that's not going exactly like you anticipate. Things have, have taken a change and, and things are just disappointing and the biggest thing to do and most common thing to do would be to quit. In Micah chapter 7, verse 8, chapter 7, verse 8. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. I won't say that again. 
Rejoice not against against me, and rejoice not against me, O my enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. There's a lot of people that you may feel like want to see you discouraged and, and want to see you dis- destroyed. But no way does God in any way want to see that happen. He wants you to see you get up and get going and do as, and do as you've always done. <clears throat> if you, if we don't continue when we're discouraged, you will never see his favor. Until you live a life of victory, you will never see God's favor in your life or work freely. Last place, be faithful. Be faithful. I can tell you from, from a lot of people's perspective, there's a lot of you that have had people in who you've been praying for for quite a, a long period of time. And uh, you, you prayed and, you've, and you're seeing results of your prayers coming back. On those that you prayed for. I could say, Terry and Deborah, just for you, Jonathan, you know, you're an answer to prayer. And I actually thought about you tonight, Jonathan, because it's easy to wonder when God's favor is going to come through. And it can't can't come through immediately. But as he does, you just need to keep being faithful. Um, Be faithful until it happens. It may look dark. Things are not working right. Everything's coming against you. Life is threatened. People hated him, him and his family. But there was a man in the book of Esther, chapter 10. And I'll have to say this about Mordecai. He was a rather bold guy. He said a lot of things that a lot of people liked. And he was standing in the gap when other people didn't, and, and he took his stand. If it wasn't for him, Queen Esther wouldn't have had the words of wisdom that she had because he imparted things to her and he stayed behind her, encouraging her to stand in the gap. But in the book of Esther, Misty, I want you to get some songs ready back there. How many has heard of Mordecai? Four or five of you are? Well, there was a guy, he was an old man, he raised his niece, and his niece then became the, um, the king's wife in, um, well, I don't even know, in Persia. And she had run into situ- situations because her life was threatened, and all the Jews were threatened, but Mordecai said some things to her. But how many of you know what happened to Mordecai? Who said that? He received the favor of the Lord. Let's go a little farther. When we are faithful, it is important that we're faithful because that's when we begin to get elevated. We've come through the hardships and we come through the trials and we come through the, the problems that we've had. That's when the Lord can see. The Lord can elevate us to a place of status. I want you to notice in chapter 10 and verse 1. And the king hey, laid a tribute to the land and upon the isles of the sea. And all the acts of his power and of his might and the, and the declaration of the greatness of Mordecai. Whereunto the king advanced him. For they are written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of, the kings of Media and Persia. For Mordecai the Jew was next to the king, as whatever his name is. Uh, great among the Jews and accepted the multitude of his brethren. 
speaking the, seeking the wealth of his people and speaking, oh, and speaking peace to all his seed. I want you to notice two things there about him. This is a guy that everybody was writing off and one guy prepared gallows to hang him on. But because of his faithfulness, because of his faithfulness, he spoke blessings, he brought blessings upon the Jewish people. And simply a man that was nobody, simply an old man in the town, had nothing to, to offer, and he was brought to greatness. Now let me say this. Nothing just happens. It all has a reason. Nick gave me a message this week. Uh, I guess it's about last Sunday. And uh, he, I don't know if you ever sent me a message. This is something Greg Rochelle said. But he sent me a message by Stephen Furtick. And it said, it had to happen. It had to happen. When he first sent it to me, I didn't know if he was being a jerk or he was encouraging me. But I listened to the first little part, then I had to put it on hold, and I went back and listened to the whole thing. But it had to happen. For you to get to where you need to go, for you to find the favor of the Lord, for you to see the faithfulness of the Lord, for you, to, for you to understand all the steps that the Lord has in your life, it had to happen that way. And he was, it was on the video, he was talking about um, different people and things that people go through and, and that is so, it so proves who they are. And what he was sent to me for, because he thought about what I've had the past couple months. Now, I'm talking better tonight than I've talked any time, I think. But, but until that point, I began to question but he said it had to happen. For God to do what he really wanted to do, for God to do in any of our lives, even though there may be hardships and be very difficult things, it has to happen for us to get to the place that we really depend on him. Are you with me? And boy, it just, it just really spoke to me that, that Stephen Furtick was speaking a message to Dwight Hensley. Okay, not really. But it, it felt, felt that way. And it was so legitimate 